Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that will only condone poaching when it comes to cooking eggs my name is greg d egg i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're getting giant sized as kaijun returns and we kick things off by stacking up some quarters as we try to beat 2018's rampage and whether or not you've sashayed naked off the side of a screen, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your rock hole. And you actually kind of do want to follow him on social media, yeah. quite honestly. And if you would like to follow us on social media, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and werewolf gorgy shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, June 3rd, if you live in the Kansas City area and you would like your, oh boy, your, <laughs> your, your lycanthrope loving, taking care of uh, <laughs> indoors. Nice. Well, outdoors. Or virtually, <laughs> you can go to screenland.com. Oi vey, that was <laughs> thanks, genius. Let me Sorry. walk into that. Sometimes sometimes I set you up like a T ball and sometimes I just throw you like a curveball. That that was that was a, a switch at the last moment. <laughs> I, I took a swing with the peacemaker because it was werewolf oriented. <laughs> piss on the Yankees, piss on the Indians. Well, uh the Friday that this is releasing, our latest Friday night fright, finds us going international again. In fact, it's a movie that is an honor was an honorable mention in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness. Mm -hmm. It was originally uh, programmed and set up to actually participate in it as an international thing going up against Tenebrae. Mm -hmm. But things happened. Needless to say, we're going to get to experience next to Ken on the big screen. Not the Patrick Swayze one, which I was like not led to believe, but like in my heart of hearts hoping. One of these days, like we'll have to have. Friday, on Friday Night Frights or something. Not the one that he definitely would be all right. in for, without but a doubt. I've heard nothing but like good things about this. Well, this is one that I know Joe Bob did for The Last Drive-In. Uh, it's played at the Stray Cat Theater. Uh, in fact, Danielle was just hit us up on social media saying, hey, this one, we've screened it. You need to see it. So needless to say. I'm excited. I'm very excited yeah. for this one. Anytime we get to do a little osploitation it's always a good thing. And and I've seen that for uh, us. Both of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, the beauty of Friday Night Frights, revisiting old classics mm -hmm. or seeing hopefully will be a first, you know, new classic for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the following Friday, staying in the year of 1982, but coming back here to the States, a movie we've actually done as part of Friday Night Frights. But man, it's so good. And quite honestly, it's now celebrating its 40th year of terror. Tobey Hooper's. Poltergeist. There he is. It knows what scares you. And clowns, mm -hmm. trees, mm -hmm. Zelda Rubenstein. Bring me their ass. <laughs> this house is blessed, but it needs nutrients. <laughs> the anguish trailer's going to play. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's going to happen. Right? It's going to happen. <laughs> now, the other repertory screenings that are happening the weekend of the third, a movie... <laughs> Actually, it's going to be my first time watching it, and I've probably I've seen that with both of you on this one. Uh, we've got, <laughs> I always forget we have to name this one correctly, John Waters' Pink Flamingos. <laughs> because now... Better than Jonathan Winter's Pink Flamingos. I knew I had, there was that level of differentiation. 
for our guests, so I wanted to make sure to not throw that off. But technically, it's an I've seen that for me. Really? Believe it or not, it's yes. It's fucking great. Dude, it's... I like John Winters shit a lot. John Waters. <laughs> it's infected. I'm infected with the gene altering virus. <laughs> My God, man! You, and instead of getting giant size, you become baby-like. <laughs> baby doesn't walk. Psst. Baby doesn't talk. Psst. So, I'm anxious to see that. Now you'll, you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. A good gross time. It's it's fun. You're like oh, but at the same time, it's 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 just wild enough to keep you entertained and just like this is great. It's early John Waters. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Divine. Now, if you play your cards right, you can actually have yourself a David Cronenberg double feature. Don't dream and be. As you can get weird with Videodrome playing that weekend and his new film, his new film, Crimes of the Future. I want to see that. But you know what? Okay, so here's the thing. I heard like, there. oh, there's been walkouts and people fainting at cans and shit, right? But like. That happens all the time, you know? Cans, it's like the home of uh, pearl clutching. Exactly. That's not necessarily a Cronenberg crowd, although it then got like a seven-minute standing ovation at the well, end. But then again, this, I, the, the end of the coin, that's the same thing. Fucking, yeah. The only movie... Here's the thing. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to stand on this hill. The only movie that actually truly deserves a more than five-minute standing ovation in all earnestness is Paddington 2. Having, I shit you not. Having, having seen it and experienced it, you're not wrong. You're not Paddington wrong. Paddington 2 is perfect movie. Also, special shout out to Paddington 2 and, and the, the Unbearable. The Cage movie. Yes. Yeah. But it's 100% true. It That's is absolutely the only movie true. that really deserves the more than a five-minute standing ovation. Well, we, I'm anxious to see if it will inspire us for a standing ovation. But at the same time, it's Cronenberg. It's, and yeah, back it's, to doing he's going what he back does. to what he's doing. I've seen the trailer, and it looks wild. And so... I'm ready to perhaps not dream it and be it. Take in the newer, newer flesh. Yes, yes. Let it live. Now, of course, those are all indoors, but coming back now, Saturday on the 4th, the Backlot Movies Mm -hmm. again, and kicking things off, we've got Penny Marshall's Big. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I remember really enjoying it because I saw it in the theater. And, like, it always came on, like, AMC or some mm-hmm. shit around, like, Thanksgiving time. Not quite on Thanksgiving, because that was time for The Godfather. But, like, around that time. But I haven't seen it since those days. Well, and it's one of those that's kind of sneaky creepy, which is kind of great. Yeah, because he's actually, like, a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> he's living some fantasies, you know, going from, you know, basically scribbling on your trapper keeper to basically getting it on with Elizabeth Perkins things you know zoltar dreams come true (laughs) don't dream exactly exactly now of course uh if all of that sounds really cool but you don't live in the kansas city area and you're like oh i'd kind of like to support screenland from afar there's a couple ways that you can do that Mm -hmm. Uh, you can go to screenlandonline.com where you can rent a number of films from them directly or you become a you can become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland where amongst their many perks uh we do uh, actually participate in a movie watch party called the shutter Shoutout, mm-hmm. of which we actually did just really last week release our most recent one mm-hmm. and for the first time we had a guest curate and join us for everything yes the one and only jill gavargazi on uh-huh. as we watched both the stylist and satan slaves oh uh, no spoiler with the Satan slaves, but I'll just say this: it's Indonesian. <laughs> that's, that's all you need it's to know. It's Indonesian. That's all it's you need Indonesian. to know. <laughs> now, of course, uh, both of those films are streaming on Shutter, but by joining the film family, you're going to have access to customized uh, pre-show introduction by one Jill Gavargazian and uh, well, us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, customized trailers and the the post-film discussion that. You can hear it, uh-huh. but you don't. It's all right, man. Technical difficulties. It's all right. Again, too many mango slushies. See, that's the, <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's our first time with the guests, so of course, there's going to be a little bit of like growing pains. So we're we're still mutating. We're not quite there yet. Well, the worst part was there was like a literal visual gag where we're doing the whole 
life uh life um, you know books uh-huh imitating read the book yeah read, where read the I literally, book literally i'm handing you a fangoria going genius read, read the, the book. book it's wasted wasted man it's horrible it's but at horrible. least we got the part where jill's got the black mask yeah then the intro there it's mm-hmm. in the intro so check that out but uh genius if we're talking <laughs> Patreon and we're talking film family. Hey, bellies. Ding. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you still can muster that up after everything. Oh, from... Of course, of course. If Bronson was still right, making movies and shooting people in the face at the uh, past the age of 68, I can still do a hey, belly after watching 10 to Midnight. <laughs> well, of course, all of our members of our film family actually are going to have access to uh, as Kaijun comes in, we're going to be talking four films on the main feed, but I'm trying to fill in my giant monster gap. So already I've taken in Godzilla versus Mothra mm-hmm. and Godzilla. Masuraya, Masura. Which one? The old school one or the new school one? The old school. I'm still in the Showa era okay. of most of the things. And then also. Uh, Godzilla versus Hedorah. Ooh. The, hey, that's a dope one, isn't it? The Smogmont. Yes. Yep. You can learn a lesson or two mm-hmm. from giant monsters. When genius. he lays waste to that toxic wa- with the toxic waste to that disco, smog monster. I like that one. I should have watched that with you. It would have probably made a different experience. Uh, but of course, wanted to give a real quick shout out since we did last time. Um, actually, it is a podcast, a local podcast here. Uh, they're huge supporters of Screenland. And Panic Fest, and we've actually come into contact with them in the wild, and they're mm-hmm. amazingly awesome. Uh, Stephen and Scott from the Dirt Bag Cinema podcast. Uh, they actually had Jacob Roberts on their show many moons ago, and that was my first time listening to them. And they're talking all about the memories they make at Screenland, and immediately I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and also they've got great chemistry. And again, they're local, and I just wanted to make sure to give them a little love and a little shout out here. They're technically a member of the film family, but of course, by becoming a member of our film family, you'll have access to my thoughts on all those giant monster movies. Uh, Genius and I actually just uh, recorded an episode on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Mm -hmm. and uh, a commentary track that might be giant-sized this this month. Mm -hmm. So uh, to get access to that and so much more, Head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead, where we do have every tier from a squiddly to another time. Another place. Yes, indeed. Now, speaking of giant-sized, I realized, number one, with Kaijun returning. Yes. So thankful that you introduced that last year. And I I fucking love giant monster movies. The more smashy, (laughs) smashy, the better. And quite honestly... As, you, as anyone that is on uh, you know Patreon can see, I've got a large gap in a lot of those uh, that that genre. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the entirety of this month, all four films on the main feed are going to be first time viewings for me, oh, I'm, I'm excited. excited. Yeah, especially <laughs> based on the ones you've shown me. Like there's some weird stuff. Oh, oh, it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird. It's it's going to get weird. Then God. yeah, we're gonna. Where it's going to take ebbs and flows. I, It's going to be wild. Well, it's going to be wild. And I'm glad we started very mainstream then in mm-hmm. terms of what we kicked off with. Because actually considering when you're putting everything together, you're proposing this, there were a couple of these where it's like, well, we got to bring that person for this one and that person for this one. And when you suggested this particular title, I was like, ah, I, I know who's going to be sitting in on this. It's going to be a giant one because here's the thing. The arcade game... Had three players. <laughs> That's true. If you're truly maximizing it. And so to bring in, and now that being said. We need a player three. We do. We do. And thankfully, he put his quarters up. Mm-hmm. The etiquette has been followed. Uh, you know him as the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast, where they're going to get giant-sized with uh, Obi-Wan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Please welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead, Dustin Pryor. Hello, boys. <laughs> yes. Hello there. Hi, Jews. So, are we going to get into the Jonathan Winters Waters conundrum? Is that like Schrodinger's cat? Like, well, like if you watch something, you either have to determine if it was Jonathan Waters or Jonathan Winters. And it's so funny because I remember at one point you were not here, but we were talking about John Waters, and he started laughing. He told me about that whole. <laughs> I have no thing. idea. They are the most physically <laughs> yeah. like 
and, and comedically, yeah, different, and comedically right? different individuals ever. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, yeah, you know, Jonathan Winters. And he's like, no, that's Jonathan Waters. I'm like, really? The dude with the pencil-thin mustache? <laughs> like, I can just picture John Waters coming out of the morgue egg. Nanu, nanu. In a big onesie. Shaz bot. <laughs> Zap. And just... <laughs> Does that make? I'm I mean, yet, it, it, it works for me. Mork and Mindy set in Baltimore. There I'm in. Goes, I'm in for goes. it. I'm in for it. Doing but nasty if Mindy's things. Mindy's played by Divine. <laughs> that, Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and you could actually see there being some weird, off, weird, like mm-hmm. musical shop in some small Baltimore area. It's it works. It yep. writes itself out there. But no, uh, I realized that when we were going to be talking Rampage, considering. Everything involved with it, and especially the star of the film, we had to bring you in. Yeah, given, do you, do you smell what Mount Baldy's cooking? <laughs> you are the it's most usually something delicious. You you are the most electrifying man in podcasting, without a doubt. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I, I constantly get Jonathan Waters and Jonathan Winters mixed up. <laughs> well, let's start there because one of the things we we go giant sized in the month of June with Kaijun, and we're usually talking monsters. But in this case, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, we've seen him go from mini a school, but I when I and I would say mini a school, a giant wrestler, mm-hmm. into something giant sized. Right, he's almost a kaiju in Hybes and Shaw. Yes, you know, he, he, yeah, but, it's like he ate the old Rock. <laughs> right, he's just gonna, he, like he will. He will no longer like sexually reproduce. He will asexually reproduce. <laughs> he will just bigger. get so large. He will my mitotically split. And become two rocks. He's doomsday. Like every time, every yeah. Around, and then he's gonna get kill. Bigger, Su- I mean, right? technically, he probably he's will kill Superman because he's gonna Black be Black Adam, Adam. Yeah. right? So there we go. He's doomsday. I, I think we extrapolated quite nicely. They're genius. I we, like it. We were talking about it uh, off mic, kind of like well during the movie. <laughs> we were watching from home, mind you. Um, that he's come a long way since the Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. You know where he played that horrible Scorpion King, but so. From that to now, on honestly, his career path, there's been very, 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 very few missteps for me. Well, and I mean, from the get-go, from his wrestling days, when he crafted that persona. And oh, you, I cheered for him back in then. He played the he Brahma Bowl. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was even better as a heel with right. the whole the people's champion, the, the most electrifying move in wrestling. The you, people's elbow. You remember when he had tag team with mankind of for the course. rock and sock? Oh, yeah, the rock and sock connection. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, Someday we'll find it. <laughs> the rock and sock connection. The lovers, jabronis, and me. Dude, I mean, I've told you before, man. I, I'm a big wrestling fan, especially the Attitude Era and WWE. Me too. It, yeah. Yeah. And he was a that hell of. kindled my interest, and he was one of the main reasons. Well, and he worked well. He was kind of the total package because he was a great in ring performer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. No, he no, wasn't Lex Luger. There's okay. only one total package. He's not the narcissist. He's the narcissist. Okay? <laughs> That's right. Oh, we'll go. I, I'm no Chris Daniel when it comes to my wrestling, but. No, that's uh, but I mean, he was a good in-ring performer. Mm-hmm. He could carry a number of different people with him, mm-hmm. but on the mic, right? He was just another level of amazing. The charisma again when he was playing the heel, you loved to hate him, and he just soaked it in. Well, and the other thing that you know, being not a wrestling historian, but a person that's like followed, like every interview that people give about him. Just say that he's a voracious learner, mm-hmm. like the way he crafted that. I mean, you can tell by his, you know, his meteoric rise to being the most, uh, I guess it's the biggest box office draw, like actor in history. I mean, you can tell that because just like Genius said, you know, Scorpion King and, and the early movies that he did up until now, I I literally go see a movie because he's in it and right. it doesn't matter what it is. Right. He seems like a genuine dude, too. Like, he seems like he's an intelligent uh, smart, witty, or urbane, giant-sized human. <laughs> so a kaiju and, human. And, right? well, and when you see him working out, when he posts that stuff on social media, it's in freaking tense. Right. And we talked about the vascular uh, presence of Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. Dude, The Rock puts him to shame. Oh, well, why did we not get that buddy cop movie? Bronson and The Rock. E. E. <laughs> Passing on things. You know, like he's the old cop and like training like the new Dwayne the Rock Johnson. 
I would I would see that. I would see that. Bronson holds up the apparatus from uh, ten to midnight, but it takes like a team of people to bring it in for the rock. Let me ask you: You've seen a lot of things. Do you know what this is for? <laughs> yeah, Jabroni. It doesn't matter what. <laughs> he he created so many call and responses with. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, he he was magical to watch. And then, like you said, when he as so many wrestlers have tried to transition into films because they come off so naturally on the mic, you would think it would translate in the movies, but it's not always the case. Well, see, and for every, like, Rock, for every Hogan, you know, there's always been so many more that's tried and hasn't quite got it, you know? Some are doing great, and some, like, I'm like, okay, I see why you've only been in, like, two movies. You should keep on wrestling and do great things, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, he seems to have an excellent track record. I mean, more so than than Hogan. Maybe Hogan might have a uh, more movies per se. But then you have than Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, no. So? Oh, are you well, kidding? Because I'm also thinking like you know. I mean, you, uh, you, Santa you, with muscles and fucking the Thunder in Paradise, Paradise movies and like. I think you're you're putting way too much weight with those brother uh i think that's just not let me tell you something brother count because there was like six i think you're putting paradise tv movies you're putting too much pork in the diet there brother okay Okay, it's not gonna work Mm -hmm. yeah and then that's what that's not what the rock is cooking i would even say like you know looking at like roddy piper and his little genre thing Mm -hmm. that he carved out john cena i think that's pretty much the only other person you can put up there Mm -hmm. and you know even cena has said in interviews the 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 path was you know, trailblazed by the rock, you know, his missteps, his, you know, his help, his, you know, successes have all been patterned. That's true. I, he was the best part of the, was it get shorty the, the or be cool, get cool the the sequel to get shorty. Mm-hmm. And just as a real brief bit. And he became that guy that was so good and sometimes limited capacity mm-hmm. where you could see, this guy is going to be good once he finds that right franchise or the right, excuse me, collaborators. And in this case, you know, he's gone from sword and sandals. He stayed within the action, excuse me, the action genre he for the was, most part. He was in the Walking Tall remake, and that yeah. was pretty slick. I forgot about that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And he went back to the sword and sandals with the Hercules movie. Hercules! 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 And that was all right. You know, was, I, I, did, I dug it, you know, but like... That was one of the, like, eh, not so much. But then when he came into the Fast and Furious franchise, I thought it was one of the best things. And that's when Hobbs he came in in the fifth one, right? Mm, and that's right. the one where it becomes... Capers. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It becomes something Mad bigger capers. than just cars. And again, the only one that I've seen in that franchise is Hobbs and Shaw. And I just assumed, like you said, that he is a superhero. Because mm-hmm. he's battling a cyborg, basically, in that movie. And I'm like, well, is this what exists within the Fast and Furious franchise? It does now. It does now. Uh, But he sold me on it. And again, it's the charisma. It's him interacting. He just seems cool. I think we mentioned Mm -hmm. it throughout. He's just like, Mm -hmm. you just, you want to hang out with him. He seems like he's down to earth because, like, all of his, like, charitable shit and what well, do you think like a cool dude do you think that's more of a carefully cultivated persona because he is very social media he knows the etiquette he knows how to put a good face forward well if he's been doing this shit for so long we you know no i i think his thing is i mean he knows what it's like to both be broke and yeah. be a multi-zillionaire you yeah, know what yeah, i mean he knows true. hard work pays off yeah you know and it's not one of those things that was given to him i mean yes his family lineage gave him a little bit of a i guess a foot in the door sure but it didn't it didn't give him his success so yeah i mean he knows where he came from Mm -hmm. but i do think he is genuine without a doubt Mm -hmm. it's it's nice to see and he likes pancakes loves pancakes he's probably he can beat you no 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 oh really the challenge is being thrown the gauntlet is down all right I, I, I will make the rock tap. I've seen this man devour pancakes. I, I know, devour. but I, I've I've seen the pictures. I I haven't seen you firsthand, but I but tacos, I, tacos and pancakes, psh, hands down. See, here's the thing: with hands that. down, like six thirty on a clock. Here's the thing: honestly, <laughs> I, my money my 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 money is on Baldy because, like, yes, the rock will have a massive um, stack. However, 
I think dollars for donuts or pancake for can- pancake, IHOP only gives you a certain amount of a time. So I think like the grand total would be like, if not neck and neck, he's up. I'd give him like I give him like by two points. So are you having to think like Joy Chestnut in this case? You have to strategize how you are consuming. Jimmy the Greek comes in. Oh, he better it's not come in. <laughs> That's true. That yeah, he hasn't aged very well. In fact, again. How many people out there in our audience are going to know who the hell Jimmy the Greek is, my friend? That's what the Googles are for. Oh, don't Google Jimmy the no. Greek at this point, actually. No, not, no, not anymore. Not anymore, not, not anymore. anymore. But by the time then, he has kind of carved out this thing to the point that he is really no longer The Rock. He is Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. and it's oh, really, He's always going to be The Rock, though. But that's just it. But he's kind of embraced that because he will always... Every now and again, go back to the WWE. Mm-hmm. He's usually promoting something, which at this point, it's probably cool. a very symbiotic relationship. Right. Uh, it's been nice to see. And like you said, it's just almost like with, with Jill, you know, even this from afar, from The Rock to see him from Rocky Maivia yeah. to. In the Nation of Domination. Oh, my God. <laughs> and to see him at this point now, it's really cool. Like, because be, he seems like he's still grounded. And. That appreciation for what he has, it works. Now, that being said, from The Rock to Rampage. I used to drop so much fucking money in that machine, oh, yeah. no matter where it was. And still to this day, it, if, if like where I'm at the uh, barcade or or even if there's an arcade, right? Mm-hmm. And like, shit, fucking Rampage? All right, I'll go smashy-smashy a little bit. I had the home console version. I fucking. I think had, you had a couple emulators too, didn't yeah. you? Went on mm-hmm. PC. Yeah. I fucking love. I, I played the sequels, the one that came on N64. So like, I'm I dug the shit out of the Rampage. Game. It's a it's a game made for people that love kaiju movies, mm-hmm. giant monsters, smashy, smashy, smashy. You don't need a narrative for the game. <laughs> you don't need a reason. You don't need an origin. You just need mutated monsters destroying and leveling Watching cities. Shit, yeah. It's right? great. So that's was the challenge, like. How can you make a two and a half? Well, how was it? Two and a half hour movies? Or no, no. Well, no, I mean, like, it was, it was only hour. an hour 47. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I mm. thought it was longer. No, it was only an hour 47. It felt like a, it sh- this should be a 90 minute movie. But mm. here we are in today's day and age. It's rare to see anything under two to ten yeah. for the most part. So this was actually for fairly Bre- there's some brevity involved with this one. But no, I it's act- intense. It's more well, intense it's, than a regular movie. Well, I mean, it, a regular uh, old school you tell me they're going to make a Rampage movie. I'm going to expect a couple of things. I'm going to expect giant monsters. I'm going to expect cities being leveled. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to assume you're going to shoehorn humans in there. <laughs> but at least yeah. make them interesting. Masu Roxurai. Roxurai. Well, to me, that's what makes or breaks some of those old Godzilla movies that I've been watching. Is the people. Yes. Sometimes you just want to, like, fucking get to the smashy-smashy, right? This is, like, I'm watching a Godzilla movie. I want to see fucking Godzilla. If somebody, if Godzilla's not on the screen, somebody should be saying, where's Godzilla? (laughs) Well, and if you give me, like, a roided-up Jane Goodall saying, where's Godzilla? (laughs) I'm going to go with that. I'm not. I'm okay with that, and that's the whole thing. Is they take the Rock, they throw him in this video game, they make him a prime, as you know, primatologist. You get him engaged with these mutated things from space, which that opening sequence that was pretty slick. Yeah, Yeah, how do you react? giant mutated zero g rat attack so i'll be honest so i saw this movie in uh, i i'm in the big screen like mm-hmm. so, when yeah. it first came out but it was one of those like big screens right so like i was like all right cool that first opening scene i'm expecting something goofy because one sure. it's based on a video game it's two it's about giant monster smashy smashy that opening scene fucking got scared the shit out of me. <laughs> One, I wasn't ready for a giant mutated rat zero G in space. And two, there was a lot of like intense scenes that were like, oh, like holy shit, the stunt work in this one yeah, is really there, good. There's a hand floating by. There it was, was gory. Severed, yeah. It was extremely more gory than I was expecting. So that's the running theme on this. There's parts that it became gory where I giggled. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm having so much fucking fun with this movie. At the same time, I'm 
along for the ride, as scary as this opening ride scene is. I was so into it, and it almost establishes this, of course, distrust of the government, almost all of the blob mm-hmm. in terms of when you have things crashing in. I almost wanted to figure out how the gorilla was going to sign certain things. And the interaction we have with George. In fact, what do we have in the game? There's George, Lizzie, and Ralph. George, Lizzie, and Ralph. That's uh-huh. right. Ralph was the big werewolf. No, and it, it's important to say that in the game, they're all like mutated humans. Right. So, like, their weird backstory was like they got into chemicals. As like, you do. One was a science teacher. One was like. Probably a veterinarian with, you know, wolves or what have you. Swimming in toxic waste. But and, yeah. That's the funny part is when you died in the game, you would revert back to your hu- naked human form. And the other player could eat you. And they. Oh. That's that was probably the best part is just the eating of people and then when you'd get something bad you yeah uh, but they're bipedal in the game and in the, the movie they made them more of all on all fours more Giant natural animal, yeah which I think does that does that work for you yeah because I think as, as a rampage works, purist works fine for me <laughs> yeah absolutely because I think it would look too goofy if they were like and also. To copyright infringement, <laughs> you know, because like, Your Honor, we represent the estate of King Kong, and we want to come and that, cease and desist. That's the Toho Company. Ram- Rampage was what Data East, yes, Data East, the yeah. and then it was bought up by Atari, mm. and so then from then on, when the home console versions, it all came back from Atari. So man. and and the giant rat was from Part Two. Really? It's a playable character. Aha! Mm-hmm. So that was the little Easter egg then, I would assume. I'm rats. Man, you were probably like freaking out on the large scale. Fuck. Well, you do mention the fact that, yes, of course it's technically King Kong, Godzilla, and a giant werewolf. Mm-hmm. But we can't say it's Godzilla, King Kong. So you do have to give it the RC slant, the you know the best. Best choice, kaiju. <laughs> but that's that's fine in this case because it definitely works. And from the get-go. Because their own unique monsters. And yes. that's what I like about it. Well, and we, we established that The Rock with his buddy George, the kind of the relationship. And I was kind of taken, because it's, it's The Rock. And he's got a great connection with, admittedly, decent CGI. And I knew yeah. going in. We're not going to get practical with this no, at this it's point. It's giant fucking monsters. It's it's and this is probably about as mainstream as we usually get on the show for the most part. So yeah. there is a budget behind this. A big budget. But the interaction, the fact that they established George as having a sense of humor, as having a dark sense of humor, like Coco the Kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, he's sign language is absolutely and also and from the get go. Never underestimate the influence and just the of freaking as we said every which way but kaiju. Everybody, never underestimate the hilarity of a foul-mouthed uh, primate. Especially any, one that, that is can, anybody to... that can any animal that can flip you the bird, whether it be Clyde, whether it be Ed from fucking Shaun of the Dead, impersonating you know, Clyde. Right, it's hilarious, and this is no exception. When he's like making jokes and like, ah, ah, you know, gotcha. It put a smile on my face, but then it immediately made me think, oh my lord. How much better would everything but way everything every which way but loose be? If it was the rock and, and a Fi- giant no, kaiju? Fuck it. If Philo Beto, if Clint Eastwood became some giant like uh, Ultraman and then Clyde himself grew into like King Kong sized, like right turn Clyde, he just throws down a building. He's over there like says so so papu, right? And like all of a sudden the Black Widow Motorcycle Club could actually be a giant Black Widow spider. Mm-hmm. It would work. It would work. But I actually just kind of want to see a giant-sized Clint Eastwood. There's <laughs> Kaiju some, Eastwood? It, it, you, know, and it, you know how angry and just like cantankerous he is normally? When he's giant-sized, it's just even worse. <laughs> he's like the fucking Jet Jaguar, dude. Get off my giant-sized lawn. <laughs> <laughs> he starts yelling at chairs and shit. Giant, chair. giant! You see this giant chair? It's like an art installation. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like one him. of those novelty ones that you see on the side of the highway. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Ah! Starts doing push-ups and shit, and all pissed off. 
going off off kilter here. Uh, so first of all, yeah. does it pass our oh uh, Kaijun established? We established parameters. some parameters last year. There were at least three. One was definitely the size of the monster. Right. It has to be big enough to destroy a car in a single smash, <laughs> a single attack. It's not complicated at all, is it? Right. And that being said, as at least two of them, all three of them technically, definitely bypass that. We have cities in destruction. The, futi- the, the futility there, of the man. The futility of man. And there has to be a, a large amount of destruction. Uh, in a check, metropolitan area. Check and check. Mm-hmm. And this is another film that puts Chicago square in the middle of the destruction. I think it's this in Transformers that Chicago just gets laid waste, which just tax relief, I guess. Well, it kind of <laughs> makes sense <laughs> narrative-wise, you know, because uh, this movie's, it's, the uh, I can't talk right now, the Asteroid comes and kind of scatters all over, so it's got to be a central location. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's time for America to get all different parts of it to be destroyed by kaijus. I think there needs to be one in St. Louis. Yeah, there needs to be one. Like, one in Bozeman, up. Montana. Right? Fucking there. I would feel bad for the kaiju, and and this is not like pissed off anybody in Wyoming or Utah, but the kaiju in Utah to come out and be like, ah, ramen or destroy some Shh. man, fuck. <laughs> Give it some pristine landscape. He's like, uh, well, okay. He's over there kicking rocks around and shit. Yeah, I guess this will have to do. You know, <laughs> pretty country, kind of bored up here, right? He <laughs> wants to destroy big cities. Didn't they put that forward in the new Godzilla King of the Monsters that there were some regional ones that were kind of wreaking havoc at certain points? Yeah, there needs to be more of that. I'm, it's, it, it actually works pretty nicely mm-hmm. the way that initially sets that up. Uh, no, I actually really appreciated. How they brought in everything, especially the idea of making things giant-sized, of making them basically nearly indestructible at mm-hmm. that point, and also more aggressive as well. It, it, it worked for me. Uh, it balances nicely the origin story and the destruction at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, because... They don't quite. They just say, "Okay, it's genetics. It's just, cool. We made yeah. like we made like a mutated bomb. Boom. They're they're mutating powers. Well, why can't why? Okay, we understand the gorilla is getting big, but now why does the wolf fly and have porcupine tails? Genetics. 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 DNA. DNA. Okay, so why does that like um, giant crocodile now can like have the thing that the, the gills and things that spit ass and shit? Genetics. genetics dna all right cool cool why is malin ackerman like fucking chewing up the scenery and i'm loving every single fucking minute of it genetics, genetics. you know <laughs> well <laughs> let's look at the sur- the people that are surrounding the rock and right off the bat miss malin ackerman fucking she's a treat and everything she's in i fucking adore her ever since children's hospital when and but now seeing her in like the villain role yeah. it's great it's wonderful, it's and I think we we talked about her uh, when we, the final, final girls. girls. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine you mentioned this particular movie, and for her to take a villainous role, it is nice because that's something that's really not necessarily the characters she normally portrays. Right, she was uh, Silk Spectre in Watchmen, and that's mm-hmm. a heroic role. So, yeah. and then even in um, oh god, what's that one? Ben Stiller, um, Along Came Polly. Yeah. Uh, when uh, shit, uh, Harold and Kumar go yeah. to White Castle. We're <laughs> in Freak Show. Yeah. NPH would not do that. But she's freak put show. together a really cool body of work, be it within genre, be- between absurdist comedies. Yeah, because she's not afraid to get funny and weird. No, she embraces that. Mm-hmm. And to see her, in fact, someone mentioned that she almost like how with Star Trek you have the red shirts. With the minute she donned the red dress. Oh yeah. And I guess you know technically, if you think about in the in the game, there is those moments, and you're like, you're like, oh, uh, snack. Ah, okay. In fact, the eating of Malin, let's just you know say it right now, was kind of shocking. Yeah. And again, that level of violence that was not shocking, but oh snap for a PG-13 movie. There was a lot more gore than I expected when like the wolf was just devouring and hollowing out. A whole oh, bus yeah. full of tourists, you know. <laughs> or no, let's let's go even further back. Hello, Joe Manganiello. Goodbye, Bye, Joe, Joe Manganiello. <laughs> yeah, he just showed up for an extended cameo just to get fucking d- 
demolished. He turned but into a snack. The, 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 Hot pocket. The, 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 the special forces weren't very special. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, fucking, that scene was kind of scary. That Hell was yeah, still. it was. It was a really intense and scary scene. Again, for PG-13, the level of gore and scares, I thoroughly respected this. I was like, you pushed those PG-13 boundaries. This would we consider this gateway horror. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, of course, it wouldn't even be like necessarily gateway horror because by sure. kaiju movies alone, they're horror movies. Sure. sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, fucking old school Toho is a gateway kaiju horror. This is, this is, I wouldn't call this advanced studies, but this is definitely like, I could see a whole bunch of like nanas and pop pops on Sunday afternoon at the Cineplex is clutching their burls. <laughs> oh, raising it. Oh, let's. I like the Dwayne Rock Johnson. He's so charming on those daytime talk shows, right? And so then they go see this movie. Did, then, oh, oh, God, Roger, did he just drop the MFR? Right? <laughs> oh, is that werewolf eating that Boy Scout troop? Hell, heavens, right? Is. Did that poor young lady in the in the red dress get eaten by a gorilla? Hell, in slow mo. In slow mo, <laughs> when Ralph gets dispatched, <laughs> the beheading. Spoilers! Spoilers! Oh, spoilers! spoilers. Well, this is yeah, yeah. yeah right, this whole movie. It's on streaming on HBO Max. If you haven't watched, oh it. come on! You know, you know the the the, the, the monsters are going to dispa- get dispatched, but the right. way the dispatching happened was violent. I wasn't prepared for it. Dude, and they look cool. The that, the introduction of Lizzie, yeah. I fucking enjoyed that scene. In fact, there's that shot, that 360 shot where they're going around the building. When you get the last 20 minutes of this movie, when they're rampaging, <laughs> it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's everything I was wanting at the beginning of that rampage movie. And the shot of the all three of them making their way up the building with the camera going around, and you end up at the very top with the helicopter. And they're still just trying to smash the building. It's the oh, essence of the game. It the, is. The you, fact that the game is in the movie numerous, well, numerous times. Is that too on the nose that it, the rampage game is, you know, being at the, the bad guy's lair? I don't know. Hell no, I not like for me. I like it. The fact that it's called the, the, the whole... A genetics bomb is called the <laughs> rampage virus. So, yeah. So, no, but, they know what the fuck they're doing. I'm like, at least it's not like, I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to hate on the second Mortal Kombat movie, the old school one, but at the same time, because I'll never talk ill of the Mario Brothers MK movie. Annihilation. I like Mario Brothers movie, but that one was rough. This one was a good adaptation because to make an almost two hour movie out of a plot that. Basically a one sheet. Yes. You know, I think that they did a pretty good job because normally the humans, again, like you're saying, they would be annoying or superfluous. And like there were some that were, but at the same time, the rock again was probably the biggest, strongest monster to carry this movie. Because I mean, they between the smashy smashy. Well, you've got one of the guys, uh, one of his assistants was actually one of the nerdy guys from the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, you've got Dude, the werewolf Gorgy, <laughs> quite quite literally in the film. Uh, you actually got Jack Quaid from uh, Five Cream mm-hmm. as one of the guys as well. So it is populated with a lot of people. I'm becoming more and more familiar with at this point. Which and is of course, nice. we can't talk. Uh, we can't forget Naomi Harris. Which immediately you were just like, oh, it's money penny. I'm oh, like, oh uh, snap! Uh, and, and honestly, the reason why I recognize her is because I went back and watched all of the James Bond films. The, pardon me. The Craig Bond. The Craig Bonds. Yeah, right. I watched all the Craig Bonds. And then, of course, again, if you're going to have The Rock being as charismatic as it is, you got to have a somewhat of a foil that's going to be just as charismatic. So, well, well, well. <laughs> Media Rewind favorite, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> JDM, baby. Fucking coming up and chewing the scenery in every single scene. <laughs> and he and is. honestly, man, you know, I know I a lot of people will say, oh, you know, he's just doing his Negan. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck, man. It's I great. don't care. It's just like Martin Sokus doing Baron Quinn. Right? Either one. Martin Sokus could get in a giant mech. Fucking Negan could get in a giant mech. Exactly. Have a big old baseball, but get like a, a telephone pole wrapped up in barbed wire. <laughs> little pig, little pig. And just come and fucking bash fucking Lizzie's head in. That'd be fucking slick. I would watch that as the sequel. Does he have perpetual five o'clock shadow? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just- oh, yeah. That's protection against windburn from motorcycle rides. 
Him and Reeves. And just being too damn cool for his own good. Hillbilly Rampage. <laughs> he is another one that, as you say, he's got a presence about him. And and again, another thing I like about this, as much destruction, humans getting eaten, they have made multiple points to like not let any dogs get injured. Now, a bunch of wolves, a bunch of mooses, or moose? M- moose. M- bunch of moose? Moose. Mises. Mises. A bunch of antelope and deer and a bunch of, again, the Boy Scout troop and tourists get eaten. But fortunately, <laughs> that when it came to that little poor doggy, he got out scot-free. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan made sure that that pet rat, the pet although rat. I don't agree with the rats, I'm glad that he did save that innocent rat. I would like to think that, a la Pee-wee, if you were to go in, and <laughs> you'd save the rats till the end. But you, you, you're a good man, genius. And smashing, right? And smashing and rampage. Why just, why just the other day everybody wanted to smash Chicago. Why just the other day I was talking to Ralph. Ralph, <laughs> you got something to say to me, amazing gorge. There's a moment when The Rock is choking out the guy, Lizzie, and he tells him it's a big arm. Don't fight it. <laughs> Don't fight it. Just, let, Don't it fight it. Just <laughs> let it go. Little moments like that. When I'm not looking for the giant monsters, that's the stuff that sells it. It's it's that kind of stuff. Uh, the fact that George, apparently not only being albino, apparently he's part Italian as well. Because in terms of the ultimate dispatching of one Lizzie, which technically she's not named, through the eye. Yeah, I mean, through the eye, some eye trauma yeah. in this movie. I, I again, the gore you don't expect it because like, <laughs> what is this Argento's rampage? It's Fulci's. Fulci's. Yeah, it's Fulci's. It's, it's, it's the Italian. Ita- it's the Italian port. It's the Italian knockoff, but it's just as smashable. And I mean, when when you see the producer, it was like Toby Emmerich and or Roland Emmerich, and I'm like, yeah, Toby Emmerich and Roland. Emmerich, I can understand. It that. makes sense, but it almost seemed like a Samuel Bronkowitz because there was a lot. Dwayne the Rock Johnson reprising his famous role. That's Armageddon. (laughs) Jeffrey Dean, this is Dwayne. Dwayne, this is Jeffrey. (laughs) Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the clumsy waiter. (laughs) Come on, give me that. Give me that. Show me your Ralph. Uh, the kaiju's in trouble. Oh, oh no, no. They just got giant paddles. <laughs> I, uh, oh, we derailed too far, too far. So uh, anyway, back to Kai, back to Rampage. No, I was pleasantly surprised as a fan of the game and as a fan of like Smashy Smashy. Seeing this in the theater, I was like, "This is this is pretty fucking good." And so, when we brought up Kaiju, Kaiju again, I was like, "Fuck, we got to get Rampage." Fucking, I was like thinking like the first round, I was like, "We're well, gonna talk about Rampage." Well, from the get go, this was definitely one that was on the list, and I'm glad I saw it, and I'm glad I saw it with you guys. This definitely would have played amazingly in a theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I do want to talk and kind of end on though is the fact that a lot of the charm from these giant monster movies are established from people in suits, miniatures, models, and what have you, the practicality of it, the fact that actual light is bouncing off of it, to the advent of CGI and all those things now that we know are computer-generated. Again, something is lost, but quite honestly, yeah. this one, it, it worked for me. And I think, it. yeah, And I think just knowing what to expect in this case, in fact, next week, more CG, I think. Yeah, a lot okay. of weird CG. Weird as, CG, okay. What did, what did you think about? Because, again, like I, I grew up with the Godzilla yeah. movies, and again, that's my bread, that's my jam. When I see like the miniatures and the weird force perspectives, like they did it well in uh, Shin Godzilla. Yeah. They're doing a CG it, yeah. with the um, actual chaos smashy smashy, but from uh, an action perspective and... I'm not. Oh, so, what did you think? Did you, did you prefer the giant suit? Because I know some of the shit that they did in this movie. There's no fucking way. Yeah, you you can't do a lot of that stuff practically. But I think the one thing I did appreciate about this is that it, even though it was busy, and I mean, I I hate saying stuff like this because it sounds like I'm bagging on him. But Michael Bay, when he did the Transformer movies, he made them too, too busy. Too much. Yeah. Like it, it was it was the robots changing form. Everything kind of 
destructing around them, like, and, and and everybody and, and the robots got lost. They they were disguised with right. all the all the rubble. But right. it's like with with this one, you actually saw you you knew exactly where the the monsters were. Granted, there weren't five or seven or ten of them on screen. But you knew where they were. You knew what they were doing. You knew what they were destroying. Mm-hmm. You could see their silhouettes, their outlines. And I think that was one of the things that I, I, you know, to commend the CGI team on this movie. I mean, granted, it's, you know, it's still CGI. But yeah. mm-hmm. you could tell exactly what they were doing, what they were smashy smashing. <laughs> well, because like we said before, um, when there's a sweet-ass fight scene, we want to see it. Yeah. You know, CGI or people... Fighting each other in stuntmen or guys in suits, you know, if there's going to be something cool, we don't want fucking shaky cam. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I think, not saying, oh, all these modern kaiju movies, because more often than not, that's not the case. But when you have it showing rampage, showing the rampage and chaos and destruction, and you're just showing shaky cam, or like for something like Cloverfield, when you mm. hardly see the monster at all, mm-hmm. this one, you see the monster front and center, all mm-hmm. three of them at the beginning, even like their stages of growth. So that's that's another thing that worked for me because it was up in your face. Well, the thing, kind of going off your point, I mean, I, I like that a lot that we didn't get the kaiju ultimatum, the kaiju supremacy, the kaiju, you know, you know, we didn't get the Jason Bourne shaky cam action everywhere. Right. I mean, everything was stationary. You saw some shots that were, cut, you know, and, and I'm not a huge technical guy when it comes to that, but everything was stationary. Right. You, you knew yeah. what was going on. You you never lost sight of, like, you never lost your bearings when when things were going down. Although yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Again, like, because sometimes in the Transformers movies, right? Like, what the fuck is going on? You see this is a gorilla beating the shit out of a giant wolf in the middle of Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. So you see this is going down. It totally works. It totally works. And just going off that whole Bourne imagery, at this point, I'm really needing to see George attack someone with a book and just utilize it really well. It's a big ass jo- book. George Wick, big old gorilla in a suit. I can see that. I I would see that. Well, and this is technically Kaiju Reeves. <laughs> so let me let me ask you a question about this. Did George work for you? Because I'm not gonna lie, fucking. I, at first, I didn't think I would need the George backstory to see him like baby go through George all that with the poacher. Because yeah. I was like, God damn, that's some like hardcore gorilla violence. Off screen, well, silhouette. But at the same time, I felt genuine pathos for George when he was like, I'm scared and I'm sad and I don't know what's going on. I didn't mean to hurt that grizzly bear, but I didn't. He attacked me. I don't know what's happening. I felt genuine sadness. Of course. Are you kidding? And I'm I'm like, at the very end, I'm like, God, as a CGI. Did did the joke get you? Oh, I was. And I, I didn't. I just assumed he was probably going to die. And I felt bad. Now, I didn't roll any tears, but I. I felt bad, and then right. to see it, knowing his dark sense of humor, <laughs> I was thankful for it. And I'm like, oh, thank you, because here's some recent films here have subverted certain tropes in terms of who you think isn't going to necessarily walk away from a movie, which has been kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So to have a happy ending here worked for me. The only thing that the ending was missing was Hannibal Chow. If fucking um, <laughs> Ron Perlman, Perlman comes shows out. up, well, uh, I can help you dispose of these bodies real quick, right? And like, I, that that would work for me because, like, think that, about it. If it wasn't George's, like, you know, d- dark humor, <laughs> can you imagine how much like monkey meat, like, fucking would be? Fucking, can you imagine how many purses and belts? And shit can be made. There are a the lot of, like, Franks out there that will pay high value for, like, you know, right? kaiju now, monkey meat. I'm not saying I condone the use. I, I agree for his murder and shit like that. However, they killed each other. You know, they died of... Uh, At that point, you're just harvesting. Right. Waste not, Waste want not. Waste not, want not, right? You, can, you know how many people you can feed? Especially with that alligator meat down in the south. Dude. <laughs> Nobody. Why, why, why is genius getting all Charlie Day all of a sudden? Because no. he's just going to do the thing. He's going to go to the kaiju and do the ref. Everybody knows the ref. He's got to pencil thing either. We're going to see a gigantic like pencil board behind you with all the strings. Who is King Kong <laughs> Silva? Oh. Godzilla. <laughs> I'll allow it. Even though it's not even our podcast, I'll allow it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So... <laughs> 
No, so they needed a Hannibal Chow, but at the same time, I was like, oh, man. But I'm glad the monkey didn't die. Now, now that leads me to think I need them to have, like, the Rock and George Adventures. First of all, but going back to the Rock and George Adventures, when they first, like, like let's fucking kill these guys. When after Lizzie dispatched Ralph, which... Ralph used to be Ralph and Lizzie were my players back were in the they? day, right? I fucking tore people up with Lizzie and Ralph, but at the same time, Ralph went out like a punk because mm-hmm. from from as much damage because he was fucking people up. He was the one that tore up the tourist uh, group, tourist trap, fucking yuck goners. First, <laughs> <laughs> Ralph starts with the eyes, but like, <laughs> so he was the one that was like tearing eating the most people. He was the most violent one, and for him to go out like that. I was like, God damn. It worked for me. I, I was indifferent to him going out. I was, I, yeah, I, no baggage myself. No, I wasn't so. saying no like, bagging. Like, oh, man, he was gone. But I wasn't expecting how violent to go it. out like a punk like that for being like as formidable foe. Between the decapitation, the eye trauma, <laughs> the straight-up swallowing of Malin Ackerman. But see, here's the thing. Right before they were going to go fight Lizzie, I kind of wanted like George to put... The rock on his shoulders, and they kind of go fight people all a master blaster. Who runs you know? Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> Kong Bargo lifted, right? I would love to see that. Technically, if they emptied out, I would assume the intestines of the, the giant monsters, there would be enough shit and fuel mm-hmm. to actually power not Chicago. Shit, fuel! Right? <laughs> see, again, you're harvesting waste, not whatnot. But you know what? Now, not, not to like bring in like a lot of ethical questions and shit, but can you imagine like the PETA people? Like, oh, you can't be harvesting people. And then like you'd have the shady scientists because there's a lot of shit. And then you got the legal ramifications. Even though Malin Ackerman is dead, there's got to be a board of trust of that genetic. Exactly. You know why? I mean, genetics. Never, never, never trust science. That's, right? what it, that's what it comes down to. Right? Again, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan said, when science shits the bed, yep. he's the one he's that, the one that comes to the change sheets. the sheets. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a cautionary tale, but I kind of wanted to, <laughs> at the end, when uh, when George Quasi dies, I, I, I started thinking of the uh, the Simpsons song. Oh, you finally made a monkey out of me. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. Want a second opinion? Are you also lazy? Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Can I do some rampage anymore? Well, of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. I hate to ask. Do you have anything else on your notes? Because that's kind of the way to roll out here. My goodness. Uh, no, my last actually notes was now I just need Hannibal Chow and fucking now the misadventure. Now that leads again. I want to see the misadventures of fucking. This is where you have every which way but kaiju, where they're just going around, right? Fucking they have, and then all they need now is a super intelligent buggy to go around. They'll roll around like Great Ape style. <laughs> Remember how Great Ape used to have the buggy? And then they could have Rampage come and live for fun in my buggy. Bum, bum, bum. As if they're going town to town. Fucking, we need this to happen. The dark, gritty reboot of the great grape ape. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> Start the Rock and George. That's the sequel. Adult Swim will throw it as a little, like, seven-minute cartoon. <laughs> That'll be its starting point. That'll be the first form eventually making its way. So do you think... Let me go back to asking you this question. When you asked me if this is gateway entry horror, do you think this would be gateway entry kaiju? Do oh, you, absolutely. Do you think someone, young kid, now Now that being said, if some kid growing up now and their first kaiju movie is Rampage, because I'm sure they'll fucking dig it, right? Because, again, it's smashy, smashy. They're going to go to the Godzilla movies from current day, Will, guaranteed. What if somebody shows them the Godzilla movies of, like, the 60s? What do you think? I don't know. That is a great mm. question because... So do you think this honors the spirit of those old school or yeah. i think it honors the spirit yeah i just i don't know if a lot of people would reverse engineer like that no i think they're going to go into the most current stuff yeah mm-hmm. because that's what's familiar that it's looks the, the same yep right yes because it's a huge difference from again <laughs> stuff that's practical to stuff <laughs> to, that's to this rubber suits yeah so what do you think do you think this would be in, good injury kaiju oh yeah 
What you, about advanced you, daddies? You, you go Rampage into Pacific Rim, yeah. uh-huh. and then you start going into like the Godzilla, King Kong stuff from, from the New Age. New Age! New Age! <laughs> Very cool. No, I, I, I think this is a good uh, way to honor the spirit of the old school smashy smashy, but yet then... Okay, so one more question. Um, actually, two. On action, because... Could you compare this to like an Independence Day or one of those other old school disaster movies? Mass destruction. So on that rationale for you guys, where does that lie on like your mass destruction list? And where does this lie on your um uh oh I had it. But tell what's the first one while I think of the other one? Mass destruction list? Yeah. I, I mean, you go to any of those modern blockbusters, again, the Roland, the Emmerichs, the stuff that is just so bombastic and crazy. And again, given the resurgence of CGI, they can go all, they can, you know, take off the side of a continent if they want to at this point. We're back in the day with the Samuel L. Bronkowitz days. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to be a little bit more careful. Samuel Bronkowitz presents Armageddon. Armageddon. Like Bruce Willis is in the Samuel Bronkowitz <laughs> Samuel L. Bronkowitz presents That's Rampage. And <laughs> no, I, I, but because the fact that they take the, it's more modern now because they take the time to establish we're, we're trying to evacuate people. They mm-hmm. want you to know that in the narrative. Because they're about to drop the Moab. That, mm-hmm. Which, yes, that's a big one. And they said, it like, you're about to drop the Moab in a populated city. And when that's usually a lot of the, the last resort kind of things we find with giant monsters. Yeah. A giant-sized monster requires a giant-sized solution. And given our quickness just to immediately try to decimate it and making the assumption that there's nothing out there we can't bomb away, which is always just the the hubris of man, especially us. Yeah, it's appropriate. And what about for you on the action scale? Where does this lie? Mm, about mid range, just yeah. because you know they they really just decimated a downtown. Because it's not John Wick action. Right. It's more like and, well, I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's not Armageddon. It's not a right. It's not a That's world Armageddon. killer. No, it's not Armageddon. It's not a world killer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just localized to one city. Granted, Chicago is a huge city, but you know, it's just a city. Yeah, it's a couple buildings. So last one, and then we'll great ape out of here. Um, On the video game, because I know that you've seen a lot of video game adaptations and as well as you have growing up. Where does this lie? Would you think it's one of the better ones or do you think it's like, you know, Silent Hill 2? Well, it's this is not the first video game adaptation that The Rock's been involved in. Uh, right. He was in the Doom, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't like it. And watching in the theater, I need to give it a second watch. Well, it's really weird because it used to be the fact that video games tried to really make themselves look more cinematic and like a movie. Yakuza, but, yeah. But nowadays, because <laughs> the Yakuza guys in it, the movies are trying to make themselves feel more video game esque. Whether it's like the 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 point of view, the way things are framed and shot. And so they don't necessarily, it's weird. They're just kind of like Cronenberging and biscuiting all about. But, uh, you know, you look at those early ones, friggin' Double Dragon, S- Super Mario Brothers, I know you'll go to bat for. Double Dragon. Double, with Mark Dacascos, right? Hell yeah. Alyssa, Alyssa Milano, yes. Uh, to, but to think then, uh, there's those early days where we didn't really have a lot to go from. And it's like, how do you make a narrative flow out of something that's designed to take your money but then you still have ones like you know assassin's creed that's like i've never seen it Ugh. never played it so nah, eh, eh, eh. i didn't care much for see and that's just it creed. i mean the stuff i grew up with original nes and arcades a lot of it hasn't made its way there i'm not necessarily a modern gamer right i'm not ready looking for a kid icarus dark and gritty reboot <laughs> well shit like yeah. metroid metroid would, be, would probably make a great gyromite holy shit we did have gyromite no disassemble johnny five alive <laughs> chopping mall that was the gyromite one different levels elevators and shit poor rob he never never stood a chance <laughs> i think i've still got my rob robot somewhere in a box in my basement you know what would have caused more rampage? Honestly, there was a lot of smashy smashy, but just watching what's going on right now, if there was a cat Jew, <laughs> you know, like, can you imagine 50-foot biscuit? Here's the thing. I guarantee you at this point, as soon as we stop, if you go and search for it, yep. that's what you're going to be doing tonight. Yep. You're going to go down this this rabbit hole. Bum, 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 bum. Meow! <laughs> Which, by <laughs> the meow, way. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> did, did, did you go into faux Bronson at all yet? 
for that 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 faux Bronson guy that we found the fake oh, Bronson yet? Yes. Okay. Okay. Fair Pretty enough, phenomenal. Fair <laughs> I was like faux Bronson. It's like I, I was supposed to watch faux Bronson movies. Four. <laughs> I was like, wait I a minute. One Bronson. Two no, no, you were you were oh. you were speaking the French to me. Faux Bronson. Hey. Faux fried Bronsons and a Coke. <laughs> oh, and yes, one. they're glorious. Okay. Okay. Well, needless to say, this great I think is baby. a great way to kick off Kaijun this year. Uh, again, a first-time viewing for me. Good repute viewings for you guys, so mm-hmm. thank you for that. Smashy, smashy. Now, that being said, next week we are going... We're going to get weird. International again. We're we're going to Japan. We're going to get weird. We're, imagine that. We're going to get really weird. Getting weird in Japan? We, we might even have to break out a certain gong. Uh, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Wait, wait. Now, in this case, does it need to be a giant-size giant <laughs> gong? <laughs> oh, boy. I guess we're gonna have to make. We're gonna need a bigger boat, or a bigger <laughs> it's microphone, it's bigger ma- magnum paddle for your giant gong. Bump, 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 bong. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. <laughs>